98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. This is the K1 Podcast. Welcome to the K1 Podcast. I'm Kevin Zimmerman, joined as always by Rudy Carpenter. And here we are again. Cardinals entering the bye week, and they're coming off a loss, 36-26 to the San Francisco 49ers. And Kyler Murray, once again, same old story, looking good. 24-33, that's 73% completions, 150 yards. Took four sacks, no turnovers, um, ran for a touchdown. And, I mean, I just feel like we're... It's a record player just like this guy is evolving in front of us and we have to talk about what's not working for the Cardinals because they were leading for most of the game they got out to that huge lead and then you just can't get a stop late what did you kind of take from that ending as far as I guess the offense also failed to run out the clock but that defense man yeah look you know Kyler Murray's been 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 playing really good this really this entire season and you just said it he was 24 for 33 73 percent completion percentage that's a very difficult thing to do um yeah and and one of the things that makes that a little bit easier is when he only threw for 150 yards and so what does that tell you that all of these passes were really short they were dink and dunk type of passes um and that's okay because that's what this offense, the air raid, is designed to do. This offense, the air raid, is designed to do what Mike Leach does at Washington State, which is take advantage of the short passing game and essentially use that as your running game. And so it's not you know crazy to see Kyler Murray only throw for 150 yards and only average 4.5 yards per completion. But again, he did have two touchdowns and he has uh, no interceptions. And, and as a quarterback say this every single week your job is to make sure that with four minutes to go in the game your team has a chance to win a football game and and this is another week where they had a chance to win the football game um and so I think you know Kyler's been 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 playing really well and and he's been very very consistent and being consistent is probably the hardest thing to do at the quarterback position especially when you're a rookie um and so for Kyler I think he's been very impressive the thing that stuck out to me the most this game was the number of designed quarterback runs um, that Cliff Kingsbury put in this game plan. Uh, I don't know, you know, people can say, well, you know, he's getting more comfortable uh, with Kyler and, 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 and Kyler's learning uh, a little bit more quickly than we anticipated and he's not putting himself in danger to get hit and he's getting out of bounds or he's sliding and, and they're trying to bring him along slowly and so now Kyler and Cliff are adding some more quarterback designed runs or there are some people who say yeah well maybe Cliff you know is just looking around the landscape of the NFL and he's seeing how much success a guy like Lamar Jackson is having with, with the Baltimore Ravens and realizing that we as an offense need to put our best players on the field but we also need to put them in a position to do what they do best. And what Kyler Murray does best is make plays. He's very explosive. He's creative. He makes a lot of plays. And so that was something that came up. But it's going to be difficult to win football games when you put this much pressure on your quarterback to lead the way in passing and lead the way in rushing. But again, I think the Arizona Cardinals on offense did enough to win this football game, and it comes back to the defense, number one, holding a lead, and number two, getting stops and getting off the field at the end of the game when it matters. You just were on Doug and Wolf for two segments, and you touched on a lot of what we touched on the last podcast, which you said, okay, maybe, I don't know the right word to phrase it, go full air raid. Is using him more in the designed run game, is that closer to just 
embracing what he's good at and going that full air raid or do you still think like the tempo thing and that kind of stuff can still amp up i guess i think they should amp it all up more i mean look when you watch the baltimore ravens there's one thing that that just in my opinion really sticks out i mean it's 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 glaring and what that is is that the baltimore ravens drafted Lamar Jackson, and when they drafted him, they had a plan for how they were going to use him. They are not running anything similar to the style of offense they ran while Joe Flacco was their starting quarterbacks. This is nothing similar to that. They had a package of plays for Lamar Jackson his rookie year that they ran when he went in the football game. When he became their starter, They literally threw everything else out except for a few of the plays he liked and was comfortable with, and they expanded on the packages that were already in place. And those packages are very, very similar to what he did in the college game. And the the Baltimore Ravens coaching staff and Greg Roman, they went out and they studied this offseason a bunch of college programs in order to put Lamar Jackson in the best possible position for him to succeed. And when you talk about Kyler Murray, why did you draft Kyler Murray number one overall? You drafted him number one overall because of what he did in college. And what he did in college was be a winner, was be an explosive athlete, was to be creative and dynamic. You didn't draft Kyler Murray because he was the best thrower. You didn't draft Kyler Murray because he had the strongest arm or he was, has had the best ability to anticipate or be accurate. You drafted him because you felt like he's a one-time-in-a-generation one talent, once-in-a-generation talent that can do a lot of things that you can't teach and that you can't coach. And so what I'm saying is this entire offense should be designed around that and put Kyler Murray in positions to do what he does best, which is make big plays and make explosive plays. So I guess when I'm saying go full air raid, I guess what I'm really saying is is take the handcuffs off Kyler Murray and let Kyler Murray play the style of football and the scheme of football that he's always played in and that he's always done well with. So we had eight carries for 67 yards in that 22-yard touchdown run, which, I mean, you could see his elite speed. It looked like two guys are closing on him and he just split them. Um, on the way to the end zone. And Kenyon Drake had 67 yards, too, on 16 carries. So they had 135 with 25 carries. So the run game was pretty pretty solid, 5.4 yards per carry. Um, I want to talk about just Cliff going into a, the second of two meetings against a pretty darn good team that's 9-1 now. Um, and he looked like he had a different game plan, obviously, from that first game. And the way he used Kyler to set up the run game later on, can you talk about that and just what you saw from Cliff as far as game planning and actually getting a really good, like, 26 points against the San Francisco 49ers? I think Kyler's the only guy to have a pass rating, too, of over 100. Over 100 two times in a row. Twice, yeah. No, no other quarterback in the NFL has had over 100 rating against the, the 49ers this season. Kyler's done it uh, twice against the 49ers. So I give Cliff, again, a lot of credit for what they've, what they've been able to do on offense this year. The first time they played the 49ers was on a Thursday, so it was a short week, and that's a very, very hard game-planning week. There's not a lot of game-planning to be done because it's such a quick turnaround. Um, and so myself included attributed that that close game the first time around against the 49ers to short week 
Thursday game, not not a lot of practice time, not a lot of game uh, prep for this this opponent specifically. You're kind of relying on on some other game plans, some some things you can get quickly installed, and really your base offense. And because of the short recovery time, this is why it was a close game, and it was on the road for the 49ers. But this was a normal week that they got to prepare for the 49ers, and and I thought Cliff did a really good job, especially early in the game, creating some plays creating some explosive plays to get them, you know, on the board early but to also create a substantial lead and so I think Kyle I think Cliff and Kyler both done a great job in preparation and really, you know, I, I know you asked a, a different question on how he how he used Kyler in the run game to set up other things but but I think what it comes down to Cliff to me is one of the things that that Cliff has done a great job of this year is they're 3 7 and 1 and when I look at this schedule the Steelers are playing a lot better. The Browns, you never know. But the rest of these games, I don't think they have. A, they're not going to win. In, in my view, they have a tough road. Okay, so this is this is going to be a well below 500 team. But this team is playing hard every single week, and they're competing. And to me, that's something that Cliff deserves a lot of credit for. There was times last year under Steve Wilkes, they just looked uninspired and not not wanting to even be out there and compete and play. Um, and this team, you know, has been competing really hard and playing. And 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 I think Cliff deserves a lot of credit for that. And you could see on the sidelines and after the game, Cliff is starting to feel more comfortable about being upset about things and not accepting mistakes, that kind of thing. Kyler was very upset after the if you watch his interview um and all reports out of that locker room situation last night like this is they're going into a bye not feeling good on this losing skid so i mean look we can talk about all of the defensive issues maybe we get into that a little bit but as far as offensively what what does this team need i mean david johnson's the big thing where he had nine snaps to i think 61 for kenyon drake um, I mean, I don't want to ask you to speculate what's going on there, but it's either he's injured still and they just are keeping him active to make people game plan for him or they're not trusting him. I think people need to get past the fact that maybe David Johnson is still injured. If David yeah. Johnson is still injured, then then he he needs to start, you know, questioning, you know, what he's doing as far as playing football physical football is a physical game it's a tough game there's a difference between being hurt and being injured and he needs to understand that and and he had a little cryptic tweet at the end of the game last night where he just said whelp with with you know three or four periods and so I don't think that David Johnson is is hurt at all um I think what this really is and I've been in a lot of NFL locker rooms and I know how this happens and you get a guy like David Johnson who's been super productive and he's been a great player for you and 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 you're paying him a lot of money and you want him to be to be the guy and he's been in my opinion really inconsistent um, this season and really last season as well. But what happens many times is you get a new coach in there who didn't draft David Johnson and he hasn't been here for all of David Johnson's success. He's only watched it from afar. And then you get a new shiny object or a new shiny toy like Kenyon Drake and you say, hey, you know, he came in here and he played really well. We didn't use him properly the week after. Let's get him back involved in this game plan and see, you know, if if it's really Kenyon Drake is much better than David Johnson. Let's let's see with a full week of preparation and with him getting the bulk of the carries and the bulk of the snaps what we can get out of it. And and to me, I just think that's really what it is. This is not an issue because he's hurt, and it's not an issue because he fumbled the ball one time last week. This is this is an internal issue that I don't think we know everything about but 
clearly there is some type of dysfunction. There is some type of uh, lack of trust. There is there is something that makes Cliff Kingsbury believe and makes this Cardinals organization believe right now that whether it's Chase Edmonds or whether it's Kenyon Drake or whoever, they give the Arizona Cardinals a better chance to win and a better chance to put up points than David Johnson does being their go-to guy. So Chase Edmonds seemed pretty confident that he can come back after this bye week. Um, So then you have two running backs that are probably better options than David Johnson. When we talk about putting together and using the best, most talented players, and people have brought this up way before this point, but is there a way to integrate David Johnson where it's like, hey, you go play receiver because our receivers aren't that great and we'll come up with creative ways to use you as well? Is that where it's going? I have no idea, but that's why you hired Cliff Kingsbury was to come in here and do things that were creative and that are innovative and that are different. And that's one of the things why I brought up the Baltimore Ravens earlier and I talked about it on the Doug and Wolf show and they've been doing that. Uh, Again, a few weeks ago against the Cincinnati Bengals, I know it's the Bengals, but it's still something that they're doing and I think they're going to have a big package off of it come the playoffs. And, And and what Greg Roman and that staff said was, is we have three Heisman Trophy winners on this football team. You can say whatever you want to say about their NFL careers, but if you win a Heisman Trophy in college, you're an explosive player. You're a great player. They put Mark Ingram, Lamar Jackson, and Robert Griffin III all on the field at the same time and ran an option play where they faked the handoff to Mark Ingram. Lamar Jackson runs the ball. He gets a couple yards downfield. He pitches the ball to a backup quarterback in Robert Griffin, who gets a nine-yard gain for a first down, I believe is what it was. I think they have a lot more plays coming up off of that. When you see what Robert Griffin can do running the ball and throwing the ball, I just think that's a coaching staff and an organization who has gotten out of their own way, and they've said, why do we have to conform to what the social norms in the NFL has been over decades and decades and decades long? It's not working. Why do the Ravens know that? Because they keep losing to the New England Patriots and they keep watching a team in the AFC win the Super Bowl every single year and they're finally saying something's got to give. Something's got to change. Let's step outside of this box of you run one of two offenses. You run the the, the, the West Coast Bill Walsh offense or you run the, the North Turner numbers offense. And, and, and they've said, hey, let's draft a guy who has a unique talent, a unique special talent. Let's put some more unique special talent guys around him, and let's go play our brand of football. That brand looks very similar to what we see in college on a regular basis. And what I'm saying is that's exactly why you drafted Kyler Murray and you exactly why you hired a coach who didn't even come close to winning in college. You drafted them for the mindset and the mindset change. And so I just feel like you should take advantage of that. Take full advantage of that and don't don't be, you know, one foot in, one foot out. And if that means that you have Kenyon Drake, if that means you have Chase Edmonds, and if that means you have David Johnson all on the field at the same time, who cares? That's what I was talking about a few weeks ago when I said treat them as bodies, not as positions. Who cares if David Johnson's a quote-unquote running back or Chase Edmonds is a running back or Charles Clay's a tight end? Who cares? Get your best guys on the field and line them up and and force the defense to have to figure out who's who and who they're going to cover guys with. Just staying on that topic, I mean, you were in the NFL. Can you talk more toward the why it's like the old school NFL thought? What is a quarterback? He's pocket passing, six foot four, blah, blah, blah. Is it is it really hard to break those stereotypes and 
change minds in the NFL. I mean, I think you were so. there. So. I, look, I've been a hater on a lot of these spread read option quarterbacks in college, and I've been a hater on them not because I'm a hater on their skill and not because I'm a hater on them as a player or that they can't throw the ball well enough or make decisions. No, I'm a hater on them because I don't trust the NFL to adjust their game planning and their schemes and how they're going to run their organizations and their offense to match those guys. That's why I'm a hater. And now we're finally seeing what happens when when the Baltimore Ravens say, hey, we're going to do it this way. I think it's having success. Who knows if it's going to have long-term success? Who knows what's going to happen? What they have said is, is every single year, Every All of these teams set out to find the next Tom Brady. They set out to find the next Aaron Rodgers. They set out to find the next Drew Brees. And year after year after year, you get Ryan Tannehill. You get Marcus Mariota. You get Jameis Winston. You get Josh Rosen. You get, uh, to me right now, Sam Darnold's not playing well. You get all of these guys and everyone's sitting there wondering, like, well, we thought he had it. We thought he had it. And, and the point is, is nobody knows. And that's why the style of football that the Baltimore Ravens are playing is much safer, much easier to win. And if your guy goes down, you have another guy who can play that same style of football right behind him. And then needless to say, what that really does is it puts you in a position where you don't have to pay guys $40 million a year to play quarterback, eating up the vast majority of your salary cap. And so, look, I I, I think it's interesting – it's very difficult to break the stereotype, like you said, especially when you turn the TV on. And on every single channel, you have ex-quarterbacks, whether it's Phil Simms, whether it's Boomer Esiason, whether it's Dan Marino, whether it's Kurt Warner, whether it's Steve Young, whether it's Troy Aikman, whether it's Tony Romo, whether it's Dan Fouts, all these ex-quarterbacks calling games. And every single one of those guys outside of Steve Young, to a certain extent, they all played the position the exact same way. They were pro-style quarterbacks. They were drop-back passers. They were known for making good decisions, accuracy, anticipation, being tough guys and hanging in the pocket and throwing the football. And they think everybody, and they were big, strong arms, and they think everybody else should play the position that way. Going back to Kyler, (laughs) um, what does he have as far as just the arm talent that you've seen that makes him unique and able to, I guess, play off the run? And what do you see in how the Cardinals are using him to, now that they're starting to integrate more designed runs, how do you get more out of the passing game? Because like we said, 4.5 yards per attempt is not great. I mean, it's also an issue of targets down the field i mean christian kirk dropped the ball and he had a big drop that would have added another 18 to 20 yards if not more on that play that would have been an explosive play because i think he dropped the ball it was like an 18 yard throw or so 17 yard throw he had a lot of green grass in front of him that could have been a big play that could have been a huge play for the for them so yeah they, they they did you know drop a few balls but look i think what the arizona cardinals are doing on offense right now is good I like what Cliff is doing, and I like what, what Kyler is doing. I like how Kyler is playing, and, and I think for most of these quarterbacks, especially rookies, you see the biggest jump from year one to year two. I think you'll see a big jump with Cliff Kingsbury year one to year two, um, and I like the trajectory that they're on right now. But, I mean, like you said, this is the K1 podcast, and and happy to talk about Kyler because he's doing a lot of great things this year. And I actually think that if this team was having a better year, I mean, go look at go look at Kyler Murray's numbers. and, and He's tell, top 10 now and I think, quarterback rating, too. Go, go look at Kyler Murray's. Exactly, and what he's been able to do. And tell me why, like, the, the guy's not in the – he's not in the, the – 
anywhere. He's not anywhere in anybody's uh, offensive rookie of the year mentions. I mean, the, the guy's uh, QBR is 62.5, but he's got 14 touchdown passes, five interceptions. He's got 2,700 yards passing. I mean, his. I mean, uh, the guy's playing pretty good. I, I just, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know why people aren't talking about him more. So and yeah. until this until this offense gets more explosive around him. Um, I mean, could you imagine what Kyler Murray could do if he had the the talent and the skill set of the Kansas City Chiefs with yeah. guys like Travis Kelsey and Hardman and and uh, obviously uh, Tyreek Hill and and LaShawn McCoy and all that talent? It would be it would be a different looking team, obviously. I mean, right now we're talking about Farrell Cooper's look like maybe their third best receiver after Kirk and Larry of the last few weeks, and he was the guy who was cut before training camp. Um, what does going into this bye what what do you think can be accomplished by having a couple weeks where you rest and especially with regards to cliff and kyler what can they kind of improve on during this time well i think cliff's going to get a chance to sit back and watch some more games and do some self-scout i think that's the biggest thing on the bye week is it gives you a chance you got a lot of games more than half this season to go back and watch and to self-scout and to 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 get a, a much better feel for what you're doing on the offensive side of the ball and how how teams are preparing for you and what they're seeing when they prepare for you and so that's a big thing for for both cliff and kyler to do i also think it's important for kyler in this bye week to get a little bit of a mental reprieve and take a step back for a minute heal not only his body but his mind and get ready for the last push um of the season and and hopefully get a couple more wins and and finish strong um i think as the rest of the 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 team goes and the organization goes look i think there's no there's no question they're going to want to get healthy they're going to want to use a couple practice days and try to keep on developing some of the young talent and some of the young guys that they've that they've brought in and I would also anticipate they're going to have uh, a couple of days where they bring in more guys some street free agents and kick the tires on some guys and see see where guys are at and 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 they're probably as an organization going to try to get a little bit of a jump start um, on who they're going to sign at the end of the season to futures contracts. Also, IR decisions could be made. I mean, we don't have, we haven't really discussed any of what could happen. I mean, Hakeem Butler's an interesting guy just because I imagine he's healed by now, and it's uh, it's a matter of whether you think he can play catch up over the next few weeks with him. Um, other news: they signed Max Williams to a contract extension. That's they've obviously liked what he's done. I think if you look at Pro Football Focus, whatever their grades are, he's graded out really well as a blocker, pass catcher, as probably has gone a little under the radar especially in the air raid whatever you call it offense but um anything else they have rams steelers browns all at home after the bye so that's kind of i think your last shot before you start playing seattle and the rams to close out the year where they're probably going to be full go for playoff positioning and all that stuff yeah look the the they're going to come off this by and they got some home games and I think the Steelers and the Browns are probably their their best two ch- uh, shots at some wins um, and so yeah we'll see what they what they'll do you, you mentioned the Max Williams contract extension he's been a guy who's played really really well unfortunately he had the drop touchdown pass against the Bucks last week but outside of that he's played really really well this season and obviously the Arizona Cardinals want to reward him with a contract there's also a few reports out there that the Cardinals are in contract discussions with some other players whether it's AQ Shipley or DJ Humphreys they're talking with other guys so it'll be interesting to see what the Cardinals do because they do have a lot of cap space that's Rudy Carpenter I'm Kevin Zerman this is the K1 podcast thanks for listening